0: Broadcasting live to the world, now, it's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zielinski Show. The only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelensky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Wednesday, September 16, 2015 edition It is great to be with you today, folks. And thank you for tuning into the program. I broadcast daily, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here. So tune in daily, and you can also catch the podcast by going to weekendvigilante.com, clicking on that big pink button on the right hand side, and you can follow all my podcasts. We also have an app. That's right, folks. You can download the app on any smart device or mobile phone. You can go to the App Store and type in Sheila Zelinsky and get the app. So the show archives are right at your fingertips. Very convenient. Folks, I just want to say that today I had James Manning and Chuck Baldwin scheduled to come on the program. Unfortunately, due to some scheduling mishaps, I have had to reschedule them both. But I have a very rare and special treat for the listeners. I have someone who I've wanted to have on for a long time. She is a powerhouse. It is Minister Pat McIntosh. I can't wait to get into this discussion today with her. It is a powerful message. Pat McIntosh, welcome to the program. It is a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you, Sheila. It's very good to have you on. Today I want to get into something that I think is so imperative for people that are hungry to press into the things of God the one thing that people are missing and it's so simple is the word his word why is it that today you know it's like the Bible sitting there it's collecting dust it's like yeah that's nice but there's a disconnect with people getting in their word you know being washed with the water of the word living water what is going on here
1: Basically, I think it's because people have more religion than they have Christianity, and they really think that their religion is Christianity, but they're worlds apart. Literally, worlds apart. (laughs) One is in darkness, the other one is not. The other, Christianity, is in light. Light is the Word. He is the Word. He is the light of the world. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that's what we forget when we get into church It changes. We went from the word and we traded the word for church. We're sitting here and we're doing the program and we're coming on Wednesday night to Bible study and then we go to church on Sunday for our fire insurance and we live like hell for six days thinking that we're Christians because we do show up on time. We're on time. Well, most of the time we're on time. And we get there and we listen to the program and we do what he says and then we go home and there we had our shot. We did it. We're Christians. It is Christianese. We had our little vaccine there on Sunday. The word is something different. It's relationship. And that's something that you don't learn in religion. In religion, it's traditions. In religion, it's how to follow the law and follow these rules that we've set up for you. Oh, there's some in the Bible, and we'll tell you what those are. But we have our own as well, and you'll follow those if you're going to be a member of this church, if you're going to do what we want. So you're going to look like us, talk like us, dress like us. Over here in Christianity, it's about relationship. And the only way you get to know anybody in any kind of a relationship is when you spend time with them. So you have to spend time with the Lord. And it's really easy to spend time with a person because you can see them, touch them, hug them, feel them, you know, see them bat their eyes. You can't with God. He is spirit. So you got to sit down. you got to shed the junk of today. And just sit and be quiet and get in the Word. Grab a coffee or tea or water or juice or whatever. And hang out with Jesus. Just hang out with the Word. Hang out with God. And say, even if it's for 10 minutes, Father, I'm going to sit with you right now. And I'm just going to read the Word. I don't even know where I'm going to read. I'm just going to start reading. Whether it be Proverbs, Psalms, New Testament, wherever. And this is me making an attempt to spending time with you. And the more you do that, I'll tell you, He shows up. Because he's faithful and he loves it when we at least try, at least try.
0: But we're so busy looking up the Hebrew translation. What does that mean in the Greek? Doing an exegesis and a study on this and that. And we're so busy studying it out that we don't hear the voice of God. We hear this term pressing into the things of God. What does that look like? How do we really come into relationship with God?
1: I think that when you ask God, when you truly ask God from your heart, Father, I'm looking for you. I want to find you. It doesn't matter what road you go on, and it doesn't matter how you start. He will find you on that road, and he'll help you to have relationship with him. He will. And it doesn't matter what translation you're reading from. I have many different translations of the Bible, and I have found that the King James is the one I study with for sure. But if I want to sit down and have a cup of coffee, I'm not talking in the Elizabethan language. I'm talking, you know, talking. I'm not talking to you, almighty God, oh, Father. I'm like, hey, Lord, I'm, I'm here. And I'm not being disrespectful when I say, hey, Lord. Hey, Abba, Father, Daddy. Hi, Daddy here I am. Let's hang out for a while. Let's just, Father, speak to my heart. I'm open to you right now. I'm open. My ears are open. My heart's open. My eyes are open. I'm going to receive whatever you give me today. Speak to me through your word so that I can hear you talking to me. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to teach me today. That's a spirit connection. That's the spirit life. Over here, in the other kingdom, in the kingdom that we have been so well trained in, I'll call it Egypt, and I'm not talking geographical, I'm just, you know, over here in this system that we live in, we've been trained by our five physical senses. And those five physical senses is how we operate here on this earth. But when you become born again and give your heart to Jesus Christ, The Holy Spirit resides on the inside of you. You have just taken Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now you have been translated out of darkness into light. You are no longer now, depending on your five physical senses, to get you to where you want to go. You're depending on Almighty God and His power to get you where you're going. And the Holy Spirit is here to help you get there. That's His job. He's been in the earth forever, ready to help anybody who would have enough sense to say, Yeah, I'm doing this by myself, and I'm not getting anywhere, so, okay, I give you permission to help me walk, help me grow up, help me to have the eyes to see and a heart to hear, because we hear from our heart now, we don't hear from our head anymore, we're not listening, yes, we have common sense, yes, we have to use wisdom, but you get those things from God Almighty. Not because two and two equals four, and so I, I know two and two equals four, so I'm not going to venture outside of that. What if God decides to ask you to do something outside the box, outside of what you've learned in your everyday life? What if he starts talking to you about things nobody else is talking about, and you found it in the Word, you found it there. And it's like, yeah, but I haven't heard anybody say that. How am I supposed to know if that's okay or not? Well, God will teach you how to get there and, and he will bring people across your path who are talking like you're talking and hearing the same things you're hearing and you'll walk with them for a while and you'll learn something from them and then God may say, okay, let's go on to the next thing now. But you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. So start with your Bible. Sit down, find your spot, wherever your spot is in your house that you feel most comfortable. And the best thing to do is take a pad and a pen with you because the minute you sit down and say, okay, God, I'm going to dedicate the next 15 minutes to you and that's it. The first thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to be flooded with thoughts that have absolutely nothing to do with your time with God. And so I suggest get your pad and your pen. And the minute you get a thought, i got to do the laundry. i got to do the dusting. i got to go to the store and pick up this. i got to write those things down. You've got them written down. You've just there. That's just been filed away and then carry on with what you're doing. It's not about religion. It's not about, I have to stand at attention for 15 minutes and make sure God knows that I'm really serious here.
0: Well, you know, not everybody wants to pay the price, though, that it takes to really push into the things of God. I mean, we live in an instant society. Everything is quick. It's done easy overnight. Not everybody, though, wants to pay the price. They all want God. They all want to have a stage. They all want to have a platform. They all want to have the promises, but they don't want to pay the price of what it takes to get there, do they?
1: Well, then let me tell you what happens in science class when you don't want to be there. You go home and you say to your mom, can you write me a note so I don't have to go to science anymore because I hate science and I don't care if I get that credit. I just don't want it and I, want, I don't want to be hassled. So write me a note saying I don't have to take science. So let me give you your note You have my permission right now. If you don't want to spend time with God, if you don't want to get in the word, if you don't want to hear the things that God is going to speak to you about that will take you beyond your wildest dreams, I personally give you a note right now. You don't have to partake. He isn't going to make you do anything you don't want to do. He's just got his arms wide open for you saying, come on, I got things. I've known you before you were ever born. And man, the dream I have for you is so big. Your two arms won't even be able to carry it. But let me start you at the beginning. Come and walk with me just for a little while. See that I am good. See that the plans that I have for you are for good and not for evil. Come and spend a little bit of time. I created the whole earth just for you. You're my family. You're my children. Let me show you how good I am. Come and walk with me just for a little while. I can prove to you that I love you. I can prove to you that the end that I have for you is way better than the beginning that you had. Let's go. Let me show you. I'll paint the sky for you. Let me show you what there is out there for you that I've already had for you. And it's going to be huge and beyond anything you could ever ask or think or imagine come on spencer i am good let me show you how good i am you haven't even begun to know how good i am because religion has told you i'm sitting on my throne with that baseball bat in my hand and if you get out of line look out i will correct you let me correct you with my word. Let me show you when you're walking crooked. I give you enough light that you're going to walk and you're going to you're gonna toddle. It's going to be from the left to the right a little bit until you learn how to steady up and walk straight. When babies are walking and they fall down, the parents don't cuff them upside the head and say, you stupid little goof, like, get up there. I told you to walk. We're applauding going, look at little Johnny's walking. Oh, look. oh, he took a step. He took one step. He took, oh, look at, he took two steps. He, my son is so smart. My son is so good. Look at how good he is. Look what he's done. That's the way I am with you. I applaud you. All you have to do is look in my direction. I applaud you. I love you. Let me show you how much I love you. I died for you. I sent my son for you. I spilled blood for you. It cost me. I spilled blood for you. Come on. You think if I don't spill blood for you, I won't go to war for you? You think I'm going to hang you out to dry? You think I'm not going to give you direction in your life and show you how to be a success? This whole world is clamoring for success. They're going about it all wrong because they won't take me with them. And so they're doing it the way the devil has created it to be done. Lie, steal, cheat, corrupt. Do whatever you got to do. Get that buck. I will take you to places that you never knew even existed. And I will do it by my spirit. And you'll walk it out. You'll walk it out. It'll be your body moving. It'll be you collecting the stuff. It'll be you casting out demons. It'll be you healing the sick. It'll be you feeling the joy on the inside of you that you won't even be able to put words to. Because the things that we're going to do are going to hit the ceiling. And you're going to feel so much joy and so much happiness and so much fulfillment. And you're going to feel right about yourselves. And that's because of me. That's because I love you. And I'll show you how to do this. And you won't fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. That's right. that's just a word. That's just a cliche right now. We've heard that a hundred times in church. But we don't know how to appropriate it. We don't know how to make it work in our lives. You spend time with me. I'll show you how to be a son. We are led by the Spirit. We're not thinking with our heads anymore. We're thinking from our heart. Oh, you gotta have common sense. You have to have God's sense. Well, oh, you don't have to be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. You wanna know what? You better be heavenly minded, or you're not gonna be any earthly
0: good. You know, things are ramping up. We see that darkness is unfolding. We live in some pretty scary times. We're in the last deep in the last days, but instead of lining up our life with the Bible, God's word. We're lining up the Bible with our life. What is up with that?
1: Well, see, because people are so busy, and so they're going to do what it is they want to do, and they still think that they're in charge of their lives because Christianity, face it, right, Sheila? It's for cripples. You can't make it on your own, so you got to go do that.
0: It's the crutch.
1: Yeah, that's the crutch. Well, you know what? Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and when you say that word Lord, that means he is Lord. Jesus is lord he's lord of your life he gets to tell you where to go what to do how to get there because we're on a mission for him this is his earth this is our earth and we are supposed to occupy until he comes well you won't even know what that is if you're not listening to the one who created all of this and we are not our own we have been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, and so when we accept those terms, you're coming into covenant now with God, when you accept those terms, you give him your broken life, you give him your broken dreams, you give him your, man, I'm out there working two jobs and I still can't make a living, God, when you give him all of that, you agree to live life on his terms, then you got to do it his way in order to be successful. And so, yeah, we've made it so that, okay, I'm going to get the Bible to say what it is I want it to say. But if you do that long enough, and it won't take you very long, you won't have to do it for very long. You'll find out there's no power in it. And there's no power in it because you're doing it and you're putting God's name on it. And then God gets the blame because he is a powerless God.
0: Yeah, well, it's amazing. We'll run off and we'll run ahead and we'll go do our own thing. And then when it doesn't work out, we'll blame God. But in order to understand God's will and his way, we need to understand his word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. A lot of people are hearers, but they're not doers.
1: You know, you get up in the morning, you make yourself some toast, you have a smoothie, whatever it is that you're going to give your physical body substance. You have to do the same thing with God you you get that word you put that word in and so yeah people are out there religiously doing but they're just reading the word but they're not looking in that word for God to be speaking to him that Bible when you sit down and pick up that Bible and read that that is the word that's Jesus Christ right there in black and white you read that word and you're feeding your spirit man and if you're doing it with the intention, like I said earlier, if you're looking for God, he is going to be found. You're not going to miss him. And so you read that word with the intent, Father, I'm, I'm looking for something for you. I'm looking so that you can speak to me and I can say, yeah, I read something and it spoke to me today. And I know that that was you speaking to my heart. Then you take that word and you meditate on it. And meditate means, you know, you just kind of muddle it around under your breath all day long. And and it's not, well, you know, I work at a software company. I can't be muttering the word all day long. But inside, you know, whenever, you, you just got that thing rolling around. And it's in the back of your mind all the time. I mean, you can do that. I mean, when you go for coffee or you're just taking your break or whatever, your thoughts should go back to that again and just a couple of times a day and just let that word resonate inside of you it becomes a part of you and God builds on that kind of stuff he builds on it and so you have heard from God but you have to be doing it with the intention of yes God I've read your word not from a religious standpoint from a relationship standpoint I'm looking for you to talk to me
0: and what about those oh it's easy for those two to say they don't know what I'm going through right now. They don't understand. You don't understand, Sheila. You don't understand, Pat, what I'm going through right now. What do you say to those people?
1: What I find with that is, and people get mad when I say this, but you know, it's the absolute truth. You just have to keep walking and you have to keep believing that God is where you are. He said, I'll never leave you and I won't forsake you. And so in those times, you just start praying in the spirit and you're walking and you're asking God Show me the way, Father. Show me the way. Because no matter what it is that we're walking through in life, you're not going to stay there. You are if you're not with God. You're not going to find your way out of that maze of mess if you're not with God. But God will show you how to walk out of situations. You walk through situations. You come through the valley of the shadow of death, but you don't camp there. He brings you out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Well, He brings you out to bring you into him. And I think that's where people miss it because we've got a lot of people out there building the Burger King religion and taking a piece from here and a little bit here. It's this buffet style religion. Oh, I think this works for me. This works too. The devil counterfeits everything. You know, this whole prosperity thing's been hijacked. It's reduced God to some sky-bound, wish-granting genie. And I think the devil's not only hijacked all these terms, but he spin-doctors it, he muddles it. Other people build doctrines out of them. Everything gets muddled and murky, and soon you don't know what's up and what's down. And it's hard to navigate through the river of false doctrine that becomes permeated, isn't it?
1: But that's why religion was set up. That's right. He has his own system out there, and he said, I will arise. I'm going to be like God. Well, flash, bang, boom, baby, you did not end up like God. Now you're under our feet. If we're seated at the proper place, at the right hand of the Father with Jesus, we're seated in heavenly places. So now he's under our feet. So before any of that goes on, he's built his own little kingdom. He's built his own little world. And he's made key phrases just be absolutely like you just want to throw up every time you hear them because that's not God and you don't want to be like that. Well, God says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. The gold and the silver are mine. They're mine, he said. So when we start talking about prosperity, people instantly go to money. It's not about money. It's part of it, yes, but it's not all of it. To be prosperous, if you look up that word and do a study on it, it means to be successful in your family, successful at work, successful in everything that you undertake in life, successful in your spirit. You're not tormented. You're not, you know, you don't have a bunch of junk fighting for the top floor. You know how to do battle. You know how to praise. You know how to do the things that keep you walking with God. You're staying in that place. It also does mean money because our father owns this whole planet. He owns it. He owns the diamond mines. He owns the gold mines. These are his, and he's not broke. He's not broke, so why should we be broke? Oh, well, then you go back. Oh, now she's going to look for 12 Rolls Royces to park in her driveway. No, I'm just tired of living in the basement. We're not seated where we're supposed to be when we start thinking like that. And then the devil will give you, well, look at all the trouble in the world and look at what every, everybody's doing and you want to have this and you want to have that. Well, you know what? I can't reach my hand out to the guy beside me who I'm supposed to help because sometimes it's not just about praying for somebody and sending them on their way. Sometimes it's about paying their bills. Sometimes you're going to have to reach into your pocket and say, you know what? Let me pay your phone bill. You're behind on your car bill? Let me me pay that for you. You don't have any rent money? Let me help you. Well, if you're sitting in the basement yourself with a tin cup in your hand hoping somebody's going to bless you, how can you ever be out there and be a blessing? You are supposed to be a blessing. We are the heirs of salvation. We are the heirs of covenant. We are the seed of Abraham. He blessed Abraham. He blessed him, and then he said, and I will bless you so that you can be a blessing, and I will bless all the families under you so that they can be a blessing. See, that's what God did. He made the earth, and he made it perfect for Adam and Eve. It was perfect. There wasn't, wait a minute, Adam, wait, I'm not done over here. I know you need this. Just hang on five minutes. I'm going to go over here and speak to that, and I'll create it, and then you can have it. He made everything that Adam would ever. Ever need when he came when God breathed life into him there wasn't one thing Adam lacked not one no shortage no shortage anywhere they had everything their job was to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth they had a job to do and it was a good job it wasn't a taxing job it wasn't a I'm just exhausted. I'm going home, and I hope I have holidays. Or is it Friday? Can it be Friday now? Like, let's let's take the weekend off. I'm bushed. I can't stand this anymore. That's not the way God does things. And he made this planet so that we would nurture it, take care of it, love it, because he loved it. The earth is God's flavor. Satan, on the other hand, has made this thing so warped and so crazy that you don't even recognize it most of the
0: time anymore. And there's subtleties, too, because it's about God, And that's the thing where I think people miss it. It's not all about us. This self-indulgent, self-centered, the devil was really all about self, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, I will be like God. Well, you know what? We are supposed to be like God, but he was looking to usurp authority. We are supposed to accept the authority of Jesus Christ because it was him, and it was all about him. He was perfect. He laid down his life. He was perfect. No sin. No sin. Nothing. He paid the penalty for us. So now we can walk like our brother and we can expect the same things that our brother got, which is the earth. He won it back from Satan. He won it back. It's his. And then he in turn gave it back to us. We're going back to the garden. We're going back to making this earth livable for the people of God. And the wrong people have the stuff. And You know, there's a scripture somewhere, and I can't remember exactly where it is, but if I say it, there'll be people out there who will know, oh, I know where that scripture is, but it says there's a a folly that I've seen, and it's it's an abomination to God where slaves are riding and princes are walking. Well, that's God's people on the ground, and we should be the ones riding. We're supposed to be the ones because he made this earth for us. This is our earth, and we're supposed to have it, and we're supposed to walk in it, and we're supposed to subdue it. And we're supposed to make it a garden, not a wild, twisted, horrible-looking wilderness. I live in the bush. I live in the bush. And so, you know, a lot of people there I call pavement dwellers. Please don't be mad at me. Don't kill me for saying that, you know. <laughs> I lived on the pavement. I came from the city. But in my heart, God gave me country. So I've been living in the country since I was like 30 years old. So been out here a long time and i've walked through some pretty thick bush and i'll tell you the bush is unforgiving it's not flat it's not paved and if you're not watching where you're walking you can bump into some pretty harmful nasty stuff out there i mean there's nettles out there there's all kinds of plants and stuff that'll sting you and bite you and hurt you and trip over fallen stuff in the ground and that's what's happening today let's let's take this world and let's just shove it back into the wild and let's make it look like that well god said no i've given you a garden you ever been to Bouchard Gardens? Go to Bouchart Gardens someday. Do yourself a favor and get a treat. And just take a look at how beautiful. That was a gravel pit. And today... It's huge and it's beautiful and it's stunning and you just love to be able to walk through it and see what somebody has done with a little bit of vision and it brought beauty into the earth. And that's what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to further the garden. So wherever it is you are, whatever it is you're doing, that doesn't mean everybody leave Toronto and leave Nova Scotia and leave Chicago and leave Detroit. and You know, let's all just go into the bush, make the garden where you are. Make somebody's life happy where you are. Just start small. Do something. Give a smile to somebody. Start your garden. The little circle that you have of the people that are in your life right now, do something positive for them. Do something kind. Sow kindness. Start a garden. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be like him.
0: We can do a lot of things. We can be, you know, out there. We can be laying hands on the sick. We can be cleansing the leper, raising people from the dead. There's a lot of things that you can do. And it's though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am becoming a sounding brass or a tinkering symbol. I like the way it says it in the Amplified. But have I not love? I'm a noisy, clanging symbol. I mean, really... That's the number one thing, isn't it? It is about love. And what is the greatest thing, Jesus said, to lay down your life? Yeah, that's
1: a big topic. You know, you can take one word out of the Bible and you can talk about that one word for the rest of your life. You don't even need to go any farther. And love is that word. It is that word. God doesn't just have love. God is love. He is love. That takes some sila that there you got to sit down and think about that and just because you sat down for an hour and thought you did something doesn't mean you're going to get the complete revelation this is an ongoing until the day we go home to be with the lord that is one of those words that we are going to get revelation after revelation after revelation after revelation it's not a hippie word you know everybody was out there back in the 70s love 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 you know yahoo paint your face aren't you cute (laughs)
0: the devil really has hijacked that word though too loosey-goosey kumbaya you're right It, it denotes that hippie carefree thing doesn't it
1: well it does but love takes responsibility love takes responsibility it took responsibility to create this earth it took a god in all his infinite wisdom to make it so that we had absolutely everything we needed here. We needed the air, we need the trees, we need the water, we need everything. Everything that And everything that is here is here for us. That's love. It takes responsibility. And so it isn't just, okay, so I'm in a good mood today and I'm going to buy somebody, the, you know, I'm going through the drive-through here at the coffee shop and so I'll, I'll buy that guy a cup of coffee there, I'm done. I've done my thing. Well, that's just part of it. There are times when you are going to have to lay down your life for somebody. That in itself, you don't even know today what that might mean. Maybe that means the last five bucks in your pocket you give to somebody else. Maybe it just means you're going to sit on a park bench and talk to somebody. Maybe it means you're going to go, oh, I'm going to go have lunch today. I'm gonna go to Boston Pizza, I'm gonna hang out, and I'm gonna see my girlfriend, and I'm gonna sit there and wait for her. And this actually happened, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this story. So this is years ago now, and I was just just new, just you know, out there like a kid running around all the streets. Okay, God, wherever you are, here I am, I'm gonna find you. Wherever I hear you say, I'm over here, I'm going over there to look. Because I was raised in a very staunch, tight religion, and when God got a hold of me, he set me free from that. And I'll tell you, that was very hard because in the town that I lived, there wasn't anybody talking about Jesus Christ. And so he met me personally, came into my life. In my living room, I heard a voice and he said, Okay, you've tried everything else. Why not try me? I had two kids and no job. My life was over. And that's what I remember sitting in the living room thinking, My life is over, and I've only just started. My life's over. I'm not going anywhere. I had two jobs, I had to quit them both because I couldn't afford the daycare, couldn't afford the babysitter. We didn't have daycare, we had babysitters, and they weren't certified. If you found a babysitter, you just went there. And I couldn't even afford to keep the babysitter with the two jobs that I had. So I quit and went on welfare. So now I'm a welfare mom. Well, I'll live through that. So I finally, you know, he comes into my life and he says to me, you've tried everything else. Why not try me? And I'll tell you, Sheila, I can remember like it was yesterday. I know exactly where in my living room I heard the voice come from. And I got up out of my chair and I pointed in the direction that I heard the voice. And I knew who it was. Nobody had to tell me. Every fiber of my being knew that was Jesus speaking to me. My sheep know my voice. Did I know I was a sheep? Nope. Didn't have a clue. (laughs) And yet he spoke to me. And I said, okay. I'll give you everything I've got. But you better be real. Because if you're not, I'm coming back here. Do I like where I am? Not at all. But I know how to survive here. And I'll tell you something. It has been a ride ever since. And it hasn't been a ride like I'm hanging on for dear life trying to figure out how to catch up. God isn't dull. He's not boring. And your life does change. But you got to be serious about it. You got you to gotta say goodbye to that old life. Once you get translated out of darkness, it's got to be like, sayonara, baby, you're done. I'm going this way now. Nine months later, he got me out of that town and put me in the West where I would be exposed to people who were actually looking for God. And I went through all kinds of situations to find him and grow up. Well, then this woman found me. I was in a church, in a structured church, because that's where God had me started off. And uh, this lady walked up to me one day. And it's funny, because before that, this is coming close to Christmas time, I bought a turkey, and I remember the Lord speaking to me, and I was having trouble trying to discern whether I was hearing God or not hearing God. And don't forget, I'm serious. Like, I'm wide open, okay, God, like, whatever you want to do. So I'm in the grocery store, a welfare mother. And I'm determined I'm going to have a turkey for Christmas. I'm just, I don't care what we have to go without. We're going to have a real Christmas dinner. And so he showed me this huge turkey, and I went, there's me and two kids. I'm not buying that turkey. Buy the turkey, buy the turkey. I kept leaving it, going around the grocery store. I didn't have any peace at all. It was like, buy that turkey. So I thought, oh, shucks, okay. So I bought, it was a big turkey. I bought it. So a couple of days later, here I am in church, and this lady walks over to me, and she said, God said to invite you to my house. You're to come to my house. And I went, okay. And she was a, oh. This woman just shone, and she was so charismatic and friendly and kind, had a smile on her face. I did not smile when I met Jesus Christ. I had carried a chip on my shoulder for a long- I was a survivor. Survivors aren't trusting, survivors aren't friendly. Survivors are very wary, and they're always looking out of the corner of their eye to see who wants to take advantage of them next. And so when she came at me, it wasn't like that. It was like, oh, I like you already. And so I went to her house. And when I stepped through the front door, I heard the Lord say to me, you've come home. Well, I didn't know what that meant. Didn't have a clue. But she became my spiritual mother. And she taught me how to have relationship with God Almighty. She taught me how to have relationship with the Father. She taught me about prayer. She taught me about being with Him. I wasn't getting that in church. So... Here we are putting a dinner on for the town, for the homeless people in the town. Guess where my turkey went? Well, who knew? I didn't know. Christmas Day, that Christmas, was the most amazing Christmas I have ever spent in my life. We had entertainment. We had exotic desserts. We had all kinds of programs, skits and things. And these people were having a blast. And I was waiting on them. I was serving them. I wasn't sitting there with them. It was for them. We served on Christmas Day. We served. And I didn't want it to end. I had the time of my life. And so in the process of having a friendship with her and a relationship with her where she's teaching me how to hear God, God said to me one day, I'm at Boston Pizza. I'm waiting for her to show up. She's always late. I'm waiting for her to show up. Come on. Let's have lunch. Here we are. And this couple walks into the restaurant. And they sit away from me. I can't hear them talking. But I can't keep my eyes off them either. And I'm thinking, Lord, I'm staring at these people. Like, that. that's rude. But I couldn't, I couldn't stop looking at them. And he said, I want you to go over there and I want you to say to them, the problem that you're having, if you would ask Jesus to solve it, he will. If you ask for his help, he says he will help you. And I said, Lord, I'm not I'm in the middle of Boston Pizza. I am not going over there to talk to those. God, is this you? Are you? I know. I said that I would go anywhere you want. Is it? Are you talking to me? Am I going crazy? Is this really you? Like this is this isn't church now? This isn't Sunday. I'm sitting in Boston Pizza. I sat on my hands. I got nervous. I thought I'm gonna. I just sat there and I thought I'm not doing this. I'm okay. God, you gotta you gotta confirm to me. I heard. I don't know if I heard you. You gotta confirm that this is really. If this is really you, okay? I'll do it. I'll do it my whole body just started to vibrate like I'm, okay, this is the Holy Spirit. And you know, sometimes when you get in those church services and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit come, you just know it's you. And so it was him and I went, I'm just sitting there, just ever so slightly rocking, thinking, "Oh God, I gotta get up and I gotta go and talk to them." Well, then Donna shows up and she comes and she sits down and she's not paying any attention to me. She just goes right into why she's late and how busy she's been and all oh, what a day she's had. And then she finally looks at me because I don't hear a word she says. And she said, "What's going on? What's up with you?" And I said, "Donna, I gotta go over there. God wants me to go over there. He wants me to talk to those people. I gotta go over and talk." What are you supposed to say? And I said, "Well, I just have to go and talk to them." So I got up and I started walking over there. Oh, and I should tell you that the man at the table is a police officer in full uniform. I'm scared. He's going to arrest me every time he sees me. I'm going to get a ticket like you wouldn't believe the stuff that was going through my head before I got to the table. Anyway, I I walked over very quietly and I'm very low key and no body language. And I'm like, excuse me, I, you know, I don't want to interrupt your lunch. And I, Uh, I just hope I can sit down just for a minute. So I sat down and I said, you know, I can't hear your conversation. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I'm sitting over here. And I said, you caught my attention from the moment you came into the room. And God wanted me to come and sit down. I am a Christian. I hear from him. Um, I'm doing what he wants me to do. And I'm just here to tell you that whatever problem it is that you are having, if you would ask Jesus, he'll help you. And I don't know what it is. Please don't think I know what's going on in your lives. I don't. He didn't read your mail to me. I can't hear your conversation. I'm just being obedient. And I almost didn't come because, sir, you are in uniform, but I am obedient to a higher authority. And so please just remember, if you have a problem... He will, if you ask him, help you. And so continue on with your lunch, thank you. And I left and went back and sat down at my table. And I just about exploded on the inside because I could feel the Holy Spirit. And he was so happy that I did it. And your ordinary day, you just went to have lunch. But while you were there seated to have lunch, like everybody else in there, God said, see those two over there? I want you to set those captives tree. I need you to go talk to them. They need me. And that's what life with Jesus is all about. I laid down my life that day. It might not have been so huge that I'm going to die any second, but embarrassment, looking like a fool. He wasn't very happy with me. He got up and left. But she came back, and she thanked me. And I still don't know, because she didn't tell me her mail. She just came to me and said, "Why, why did you say that to me? And I said, I said that to you because God asked me to. That's the only reason. I never saw those people again and you don't have to we don't need to know everybody's business. You just need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes God will tell you exactly, but it's not for your benefit. It's for them so that you can help them have the faith to believe that God is actually truly interested in their personal lives and would like to help them succeed from whatever it is that's trying to choke the life out of them. Sometimes He'll give you key things to tell them that is really going on in their life. Sometimes He won't tell you anything at all. You just have to be obedient. And I'll tell you my, My ordinary day turned into an extra ordinary day. She got something from the Lord, but so did I. I felt invincible when I got out of Boston Pizza. It was like, okay, God, where do you want to go now? Let's go. Let's go do something. Well, I had to go home, make supper, because the kids were going to be coming home after school, and I had to make sure that everything went, you know, get your housework done. You're still back in life. You're still doing.
0: But it's about being obedient. And it's not yeah. about the outcome. It's not about, well, I wonder what happened there. It. The bottom line is stepping out in that obedience, yeah. no matter what it looks like, no matter if there's a uniform, like you said, you have a higher authority. And I think that's the key piece is walking in faith. Because, you know, we hear this all the time. It is so cliche. Well, you just got to live by faith. We throw that around a lot, don't we?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a biggie. But you got to be able to know what faith is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I've heard people say that faith is, you know, you go through these tribulations and that's where you learn faith. No, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith works by love. Faith works by love. There's that love word again. So every time you encounter Jesus Christ, every time you start having relationship with him, the first thing that's going to come up is love. The second thing that's going to come up is faith. Because it's impossible to please God without it. Because he's a spirit. I couldn't just walk up to him like I can walk up to you and put my arms around you and say, Gee, Sheila, I just love you. I just really appreciate you. It's harder in the spirit because there's a, we're still attached to these five physical senses. They aren't supposed to dictate our life anymore. We live by the spirit of God. So we have to believe that we can hear God. And we have to believe that we are going to do what it is he's asked us to do we got to believe that we can go do that and we do it and then we become successful but faith comes by getting into the scriptures and spending time with Jesus it isn't so it's a ritualistic this is the law of God you need to do this this is so you have relationship with the spirit of God and he gave us that word so that we could partake of his divine nature. You're not going to get his divine nature just being out there on your own, warming a pew on Sunday, living any way you feel like it, even if you're not, like, sinning. You're just out there doing nine to five, six days a week. Sunday you show up in church. You're still dead. You have no connection with the Spirit of God you got to be doing what it is he wants you to do. And if you are going to church, please don't, don't shoot the messenger. If you're going to church and it's working for you, that's great. But you don't eat one day a week. You'd be sick. Your spirit man cannot stay alive if you're only getting the little bit that that man of God is feeding you on Sunday in one hour. If you only ate a little bit once a week, you wouldn't be here. Well, we expect our spirit man to go through life, and we don't feed him anything at all. And if you don't put that word in, you don't get any word out. No faith, burdens, and yokes remain. They don't go away.
0: Well, all these Christians, they've got the Jesus fish on their car. They've got the bumper sticker, but you can't see a Jesus ridden in their life.
1: Going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger any more than going to church makes you a Christian. If you aren't living for him, you aren't a Christian. There's going to be lots, and he said it. Get away from me. I never knew you. I don't know you. Who are you? Oh, well, I was out there doing it. I was doing it in your name. Well, he knows your motives already. He knows who you were really doing it for. And so that's between God and those people. So, what you want to do is you want to take a look at yourself. You want to take a look at what your relationship is like. You got to check your relationship with your husband. You got to check your relationship with your kids. You got to check your relationship with your parents. You know, if nobody's talking to you, maybe there's something wrong.
0: You're the common denominator. But people go to church, they pay homage once a week, three hymns in a PowerPoint and preaching from the Reader's Digest. That's not a royal priesthood. People say, I'm just an old poor sinner saved by grace. No, you're now seated in heavenly places. You're washed, you're cleansed, you're sanctified, purified, you're made righteous, you're made holy. That's not just a cutesy phrase.
1: Well, I was a sinner. I was saved by grace. I am no longer a sinner. I am a child of God. Does that mean I don't sin? Oh, I do. Yeah, I lose my temper. I have bad thoughts. I can be looking at some woman somewhere someday going, oh, well, that's not God. God doesn't do that. He doesn't walk around criticizing absolutely everything he sees in people. God is love. Jesus' is love. Jesus laid down his life. Last thing he said was to people who absolutely hated him, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And so, you know, you can have your three-point message and whatever it is you're reading out of. And, you know, you can say anything you want about church services. I'm just saying if people aren't getting fed, then it's time To give Jesus Christ a chance. It's time to give God Almighty, your Heavenly Father, who's calling you a chance. Try something new. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, day after day, year after year, expecting a different result. Well, if you don't start changing some of the things you're doing, you're not going to get a different result. And you'll be mad at God because he didn't do anything for you. But you haven't stepped towards him you got to step towards him and so if you are going to church and it's working hey great i'm glad but for those of you who aren't getting fed and don't know you have to get your bible and you have to start looking for him it doesn't matter he'll meet you right where you are and he'll also put in your life people that you can talk to that help build your faith help keep you going You'll find them, and it might not be the guy living next door or down the street. Maybe it's on the Internet. I hardly know how to work this thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm one of those. Old school? Yeah, that's me. I'm a rancher. I know horses. I love people, but I go home to be by myself out there, and it's like, yeah, this is what I'm used to. I like this. But now we're in a technology world, and this is all new to me. But you know what? Here I am talking to you, and who knows how many other people out there. And then you can get on this thing they call Facebook, and you can find people all over the place who think like you, talk like you. And that doesn't mean, okay, so I I found 10 people, and they talk like me, and they think like me, so this must be God. Still has to line up with the word. And God will help you get to where you're going. And he'll give you the people you need in the times of your life that you need people to help you get where you're going. Even if it's just a one of those pat on the backs today saying, don't give up, don't quit. Jesus never quit. He sweat blood. That's stress. We don't know stress like he knew stress. He didn't quit his destiny. He got to the destination. He is now again seated At the right hand of God the Father, we will reach our destination if we don't give up and we hang on to the word and he will put people in our path who will help us and teach us and we will glean from them and they will glean from us and we will be a body fitly joined together.
0: That's really good. Pat, I know you've got to run, but I really want to invite you back tomorrow to get into the next part of this. There's so much more to get into. Would you join us tomorrow? Thank you, Sheila. Yes, I'd love to come back tomorrow. Wonderful. Well, we will definitely look forward to that. Folks, again, that was Minister Pat McIntosh. She's going to join us tomorrow, and we're going to get into so much more. Folks, if you have not downloaded the app, type in Sheila Zelinsky, get the app, and you can get all the latest archives at just the click of a button. It makes it so much more convenient. And if you have not signed up for the podcast, do so by going to weekendvigilante.com. Click on that big pink button on the right hand side and you can find all the latest archives there. And we're very excited to be launching Remnant Roundup in the new year. So you want to be paying attention for updates to that. And don't forget Nathan Leal's Watchman'sCry.com. Bookmark his handiwork there and you can go get tickets to Sandpoint, Idaho for the Solemn Prayer this weekend. It's going to be a very exciting event. If you have a guest suggestion, shoot me an email. My information is there at weekendvigilante.com. And if you have not picked up a copy of Green Gospel, my book, please do so by going to greengospel.ca. And please do fill out a review at amazon.com. That information is linked off greengospel.ca as well. And folks, if you have not signed up for the Salt and Light Brigade, please do so by going to saltandlightbrigade.org. It is so good to be kept in the loop on what's going on in the West and across the world that affects us, the believers. Thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight, folks. Good night, and God bless.
2: and the grave is over Day it's strong